welcome to the FPC Blanchard Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in today. We also thank you for any comments, likes, suggestions that you may leave on this site. Also, feel free to share this with any of your friends or church members so that they can keep up with our events too. Here we go. All right, welcome back. Uh, this is Joe Prater here with Brother Clay, as always, usually, unless he's out and about. <laughs> uh, good to catch him here whenever it's not, when it's hunting season. <laughs> You got to catch him when you can catch him. He he's one of them guys that stacks his vacations. That's right. Now no, he's here just about every day, regardless of what's going on and whether he's on vacation, supporting the church and doing the mission of God. So, how are you, sir? Man, I'm good. It's good. Been a good week. Um, just already a lot of planning going on this morning. I'm telling you, I'm already excited about 2022, what the Lord's doing, and I got a text out right now. Uh, hopefully. Uh, Trying to land a big fish for revival in March, so oh, that'd be good. Another Amen. revival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's plan it in March. That way, no chances snow of snow and, and, all that. and everything are a little bit less. But uh, hopefully, I, won't get that this year. Yeah. I hadn't checked the old Farmers Almanac. They they're not they're totally different than Channel Twelve. But yeah. uh, we'll see on that. I tell so, you what else was cool was man just um, you know if you get a chance. Um, I know I don't promote Lifeline a whole lot, but. Um, there's going to be something really neat in there. It's going to kind of like give us um, where we're going in the first quarter. Um, I know y'all don't know, but I like to plan a little bit, and this is going to help us um, at the end of January. Um, how to, We're going to do a th- uh, 28 days in February, um, a personal revival guide, Change Me, because revival typically starts with us individually, and uh, it's kind of neat how it's going to line up at the end of into January, all of February, and then we'll start revival in March. So God's working. Yeah, you know we got out. a with the new year coming up. Everybody always says, "Oh yeah, you know I'm going to start January first, January first. Mm-hmm. Well, you you don't have to wait till January first, but right. you can start whenever, and you can keep that personal dedication up whenever you uh, feel like you can. But yeah, you can always get on U version and uh, start a guide, start a. You know, study start a or group. Something. Encourage start you to start a group of of people in the church with your Sunday school class or with with whatever. We have a group, mm-hmm. um, a group of men that get on there and and do those things throughout the week and mm-hmm. keep that up. And if you're not on there, you'll get punked out for not being on there uh, when you're supposed to be. <laughs> so we know it's life accountability. gets busy. Accountability. We know life gets busy and <laughs> and things happen, and mm-hmm. we just need to make sure that we keep everybody up and. And encouraged yeah, is the biggest thing. Accountable. That's Make discipleship. Sure. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of growth. Uh, we we had a we had the deal eight Sunday. babies here Sunday morning. Eight eight, eight babies, eight new babies. Wow. Yeah. And then we had you know well well above our normal. Of course, it was a combined service and mm-hmm. and uh, had a music program, but it was still well above our normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully, everybody that was there can come back and. May uh, come back, listen to music, listen to word, find mm-hmm. them a group to get involved with, and and get involved with mm-hmm. them. So, a lot of things going on. Uh, just real quick, we'll get the the housekeeping out of the way. Don't forget the next two Sundays are combined service. If you're listening to this, the last two Sundays in December, I That's think, right. isn't that the last two? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we got a Christmas Eve service, yeah. candlelight service candlelight coming up. Service. We even um, have a uh, a um, silent Lord's Supper. And, um, you know, the first or the second Sunday, I think it's the second Sunday, the 9th of uh, January. January. And um, it'll be our first 
um, night service back. But, um, yeah, I look forward to it. We're actually going to put the elements out, and um, we're actually going to pass them. Um, sanitary um, yeah. will actually have the deacon hold the plate and uh, go down the row. So what we'll need folks to do is, like, stagger, sit every other row so the deacon right. can walk in between the, the row and you know, hand and out the elements. We take so much for granted. That's one of them we took for granted I know. Uh, during all the times. And mm-hmm. and I, and we want everybody to stay safe, naturally. Oh, yeah. But we also want to be able to fellowship with others. I think mm-hmm. we've determined uh, across the country and across the churches across the country that, that personal or enter the, I guess the personal relationships, the physical relationships of, of just coming in and shaking somebody's hand and, and seeing someone in person, not on a screen or not over the phone is a, is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that those, at least I know in my life, the number of, of personal relationships may have gone down, but the quality of those personal relationships that I currently have with others have gone up. And, and, um, I think that's just a great deal there, but so we got combined services. We've got a new year coming up. We've got a uh, Christmas story that we're continuing on. Um, a lot of things happening, man. Absolutely. A lot of things happening. Yep. And um, kind of like I said, just kind of starting back off where we left off last week. You know, we're talking about an investigation, um, trying to get folks, you know, in church and be here and kind of, hey, where, where hey, are we at? Speaking in church. Go ahead. You know, last Sunday was like, a new recent record for Sunday school attendance. Really? Yeah. We had a, a very large number awesome. of Sunday school attendance. Sunday so school is where it's at. It's where yeah. you build the relationships. That's where if you miss for a Sunday or something, your Sunday school teacher or outreach leader from your class ought to be giving you a jingle. And, yeah, it was yeah. it was a, it was pretty good. The number, I don't know the exact numbers, was almost 200 in Sunday school. That's so great. That's good. We hadn't had that in a long time, and I, I hope people understand that this is a chance, you know, coming in for Christmas, coming in for the, the the holidays, different things. This is a chance to really start engaging yourself and your family back in church. Oh, so. yeah. Perfect time. Perfect timing. <clears throat> so we'll pick back up with the investigation, um, Luke 1, 1 through 4. And um, it's not um, anything new, but um, he was doing a, a investigation, giving a report to Theophilus to uh, share, you know, What's going on? Because, you know, we really, most folks want to know, is this, is it real? I mean, do, what I believe and, you know, it, is what I believe true and can I hold on to it? Because, you know, we're all going to go through tragedies. We're going to go through uh, ups and downs in our life, peaks and valleys. And, um, you know, is he there? Um, is, is this God that the Bible talks about, what these Christians talk about, is he real? And uh, I think that's why I really like Luke's account. He he gives us that it's real, and you can trust it. You know, Josh, in youth, I walked back there, and they actually talked about some of that Wednesday on the, the accounts of Jesus and his birth and and things and, and a little fact he threw out. And I can't remember the exact numbers, but I want to say it was 168 physical accounts of Alexander the Great. We all know who Alexander the Great is. We were all taught in school who Alexander the Great is. But there are, only, I think he was saying only 168 written accounts of, you know, stories of it. And then whenever he said, how many accounts? And I have to go back and ask him where he got his data. But the accounts of Jesus outnumber that by like hundreds, 
mm-hmm. and hundreds and hundreds. So almost a thousand more accounts of Jesus than, well, that than somebody that's so popular as Alexander the Great and some right. of the the great pharaohs and things that we know about in Egypt. We actually have more information on Jesus's life, but we have less people that believe that Jesus was was here. Yeah, you know, it's it, the stories were real. So yeah, well, it's a lot of it's on manuscripts. A lot of folk, you know, they'll say. You know, this story that happened way back then, you know, it's like you have maybe three manuscripts or whatever. Just the New Testament alone, there's over 6,000. Right. So, I mean, you know, the data's there, the the, the truth, the writings, it's all there. Because a lot of people are always like, well, how can I believe that, that, you know, man wrote it and it's, you know, been copied so many different times. They can go back to those 6,000 original manuscripts and they're still... You they know, were written concurrently. Yeah, the I, every I's dotted, every T, right. everything's put there the way it's supposed to be. And, and so, how many of those 6,000 didn't know each other? This was their own account of, of things that they didn't even know these other people were writing the account, but they felt so um, not impressed, but they understood the the severity of the Jesus' Jesus's presence in mm-hmm. his death and resurrection, birth, death, and resurrection, that they decided that it needed to be documented. Right. Well, it's, it's, which is kind of like where you're at now. Right, right. You know, with Theophilus yeah. requesting from Luke. Sure. So, you know, the, the original sources, that's what's cool with Matthew and uh, Mark being written before, you know, Luke and everything. And, you know, he was able to kind of. Hey, what did you know? What what were they saying? What what was said here? Can kind of go back and forth and and read what was going on there. And then he verbally, you know, went to the apostles and talked to them. All, all these eyewitness folks, um, you know, ministers, servants of the word. I mean, they were servants. You know, that's really what we should be called today: servants of the word. We are to be. Um, serving, living out what what the Word of God says, living it and doing the different things. So, um, I like the word uh, too, where it was talking about uh, the logos when when you're reading in there in in Luke's account, and that's just the word is uttered by a living voice. You know, we say that all the time that God's word is alive. It's a living word. It speaks to us fresh and anew every time we read it. That's what I always like about. It. Sometimes you read. A different, you know, text or something in the in the Bible, especially if you do like a one year Bible read. In one year, it might you might be going through some circumstance like this, and it speaks to you one way. You read the the Bible again, same scripture five years from now, and you're like, "Wow, I didn't know that was there." And it speaks totally because it's alive. It's a living. Right. It's word. always relevant mm-hmm. in everything mm-hmm. that we do. So yeah. And and it was also uh, inspired the the word of God logos the word living word of God it, it was inspired by people God inspired people to pin those words and to say the different things that's in the Bible so it's a it's a living inspired word by God yeah mm-hmm. hmm. people were changed by the gospel isn't that a relevant thing isn't that weird you know that it is weird. That's it's still alive today. The gospel still changes men, women, boys, and girls today, because it's a it's an active. It's a it's a, 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 a good news. We we say that all the time. It's the good news. Well, that's what the logos, the word is. It's a good news that Jesus saves. Jesus changes. You know what I thought about was Matthew, the tax collector. Can you imagine? He's in that change booth. He's giving out coins and you know, doing the different things, charging taxes. The people can't stand him because they thought he was a, 
you know, a traitor because he's taking up taxes for the Roman government and all that kind of stuff. And then Jesus kind of walks along and goes, hey, come follow me. I, this is where I really like the, the, the account of Mark. Mark says it over and over, and immediately, immediately this one left. Immediately, you know, this happened. He just left the money. I, I would think he just left it right there and just went and followed Jesus. Quit yeah. being a, a tax collector, quit being a, a business guy, quit working for the government, and just started following. Yeah, we too many times we, we hear stuff like that, and we're like, oh, man, you know, uh, I heard one person tell me one time that <clears throat> it'd be more believable for somebody to go and quit their job to herd goats and to raise goats than it would be as believable for somebody to quit their job sometimes and be a minister. Wow. You know, it, it just from certain people, and that's not necessarily relevant to everyone, but, you know, sometimes it, it's it's like that. It, you just, you're like, no, you know, I, I believe more if he quit and went to go do this than if he was actually following God. You know, it, it, I don't know if it's just the disassociated nature of where we're at or if it's just someone not um, being ignorant to, to what God's commandments are, but, you know, it, that's just... The way the world is, I guess you could say, it's just part of it. So, well, it's a, it's definitely a call from God because you you got to step out and you know a lot of guys I know in the ministry that especially like myself were, you know, maybe later in life called into ministry or maybe even five ten years. You know, I, I've talked to a guy that was um, high up in Coca Cola, and uh, he was an accountant and doing really well, and. Um, Man, just blowing up the ladder. I mean, left a huge uh, salary because God called him into ministry, and he walked away and um, went went in, went to seminary and uh, for for you know like six years studying, working a second job, doing this and that while preaching. And but when God calls you to preach, you just you just you do you abandon everything. It's kind of like just these guys here; they abandon Peter. You know, John, James, they were fishermen. They were out on the out on the water, throwing nets, catching fish, you know, doing life, had their own business going and everything. And Jesus walked by them and said, hey, come on. And he said, yeah. I'll make you fishers of men. So he even, like you said, with that, changed the occupation, changed their, their title, changed their who they were and all that. And you know what? They began to follow Jesus. But if you... But if you also look, it's yeah, there may have been times where there were burdens and different things, but if you're truly following God, then the burdens that others may see externally are not your burdens. You know, it may not be, it's not something they worried about. They were like, you know what? He said, come on, I'm assuming he's, you know, he's going to feed us, he's going to take care of us, others are going to care for us, and we're going to do what we're supposed to do. And, and it wasn't a, everybody's like, oh man, it's just... Some people can't fathom even doing that, but to them, that was, okay, let's do it. So I guess if you're in that position, it's not a burden to you. It's not a big sacrifice to you. It's it's what you're called to do. A calling is not a sacrifice. A calling is a calling. Well, I just look at it like this, too. You know, the gospel changes people, <laughs> and it changes all kind of things. Um, you know, it, it, it may take you away from the job that you're currently in, you know, it may, may have you doing different things, but the, the bigger point is a couple things. 
one, we have to respond to Jesus. When he commands us to do something, we should do it. We mm-hmm. shouldn't, you know, there's that scripture, let the dead bury the dead. Oh, I just got married. I mean, it goes on and on, and he's just saying, take up your cross and follow me. I mean, the the to be a disciple and to be a follower, it's just to follow him, do what, what he's telling you to do. And, you know, we, that's what we need to be as followers, not fans. We need right. to just go in, and, and he will take care of us. Right. Where he guides, he will provide. And and that's not just for guys vocationally like me. That's any of us. It ought to be a life-changing experience. Now, does that mean everybody needs to give up their job? No. Does that mean we need to quit doing X, Y, Z? No. But you know what? If the Holy Spirit of God says, come, that's called obedience. That's the second thing. We just need to be obedient to what he's commanding us to do. Does it look different for everybody? Absolutely. But if he's putting it on your heart and in your, in your, you know, he's giving it to you, hey, come follow me, that's, I mean, that's the command, and I will make you fishers of men. He'll change us. I was listening to a, a deal this morning. I don't even remember where it was at, something with Johnny Hunt, and I, I don't remember. But this guy was a pro golfer. He, he, he loved golf. Went to college on a golf scholarship, was playing golf and everything. And he realized through other mentors and other people that, that he was around because he was in the Word. He was in church and everything, but he was also chasing this dream. Okay. And um, so while these guys were telling him, hey, um, you know, trying to disciple him, grow him in prayer, grow him in his time of Bible study, personal, all this stuff. <clears throat> Over periods of time, he understood and began to understand that golf was an idol, that he was putting way more focus on being a pro golf player than he was a follower of Jesus. And now he's still a golfer and he's still a pro and all this kind of stuff. But Jesus is his number one priority now. And, and so... Man, it changes you. The gospel mm-hmm. changes people. Oh, yeah. And it changes our lives and everything. Yeah, what Luke wrote changes, changed, changed the whole It did. Whole bunch. Yeah. I mean I mean changed all kind of folks. If, if they were wanting to know the account, that's why they requested it from Luke. But I know mm-hmm. we kind of got sidetracked on some of our stuff. Oh, that's but, good. Um so you got anything about Luke we wanna since that was the whole purpose, that's that we pretty started. much. I mean, you know, just kind of talking about it, it was eyewitness eyewitnesses accounts, and you know, he went to those. Um, he first he went to others. He got it from them. He went to the original sources, Matthew, Mark, um, different folks like that, um, and and he just began to follow. He compiled this information, and uh, when we're compiling information, that's good for us. We need to go to the original sources. You know, a lot of people. Uh, get saved by trying to prove the Bible is not real, trying mm-hmm. to prove the Bible, um, y- you know, that Jesus didn't exist. They try to prove all these different things, um, and they they come to find out that he is real, and he changes lives, and he changes people. Um, so my question to a lot of our folks and, and to, to, to you today and to me, you know, what's some of the evidence that we hold on to with our faith? What What's something... That, that we kind of say, hey, that's tangible, that's real. I know God's here because he's done X or Y or something like that. But um, 
you know, that's that's kind of what I think about a lot of times. What 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 do I hold on to? And um, I know what he's done in my life. I know how he changed me, and um, how he's changed a, a lot of us. And so, how can we start something like that, Joe? Well, we we need to start with a Bible time. We need to, as believers, have a set aside time where we get in God's word and we spend time with him. We need to have a set a part time for uh, prayer that we, we get in there and we have silence and solitude. Um, you, you can see it up there on my wall. Psalms 4610 says, be still and know that I'm God. There's times where we have to get still and quiet. You know what? This world, you know, we thought computers and all this stuff, man, just speeding up technology, all it did was make things go faster and make yep. things noisier. I mean, I was listening to Adrian Rogers this morning, and he gave an analogy of this. Used to, people got on a bicycle and went from point A to point B. Now they get on a motorcycle, and they get there faster. It sure makes a whole lot more noise. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we What are we doing? What, what are we uh, it, it, you know, moving towards and moving about. So I, I thought about this too when we were talking about what's the evidence. You know, I used the, the analogy of a $100 bill or a, a $20 bill. You know, how do those folks know that it's counterfeit or the real thing? They study the real thing all the time. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to, we need to study our lives. Are we, are we legitimate? Are we real? Or are we just a fake trying to be the real thing? Because that's what a lot of folks do. Right. I use that that scripture. It says many um, will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we uh, call out demons? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do all that? And um, he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. So I think we need to really examine our lives just like this gospel account. Examine. Look, what's what's going on? What's inside me? Hold our faith up to the light. What is the light? The light's the Word of God. It's yeah. a lamp that, that lights my path. It illuminates the, the way I go. And so we need to be in the Word. We need to be looking at a lot of times they'll use a microscope to look at a fake bill or a good bill or something like that. That's just under the light of God. That's the Holy Spirit. David gave us a good one, Psalms 51. Look in me. Examine me. That's kind of like putting your life under a microscope. We need to do that every day. Lord, if there be any sin in me, there be anything wicked inside me, examine me, show me, and um, let him let him see it. And then we ought to just, you know, go back and forth, turning that, you know, they turn that bill back and forth, examine it, looking at it. We need to turn the Word of God back and forth. Yeah, we've, we've as a generation or as a group of people or, or current times have allowed things to not do that Mm -hmm. um we've allowed other things to always do that for us Mm -hmm. and and i'll give you an example uh that i use or that could be used with like computers and phones and viruses it always looks like the same thing they call it a trojan horse virus well it it looks like something else but it brings something else in and that's that's kind of where we're at i mean you have to really analyze tiktok man you're talking about tiktok no i'm talking about (laughs) That's what it anything. said this morning. Oh, it, it said TikTok's a, the uh, the Russian Trojan horse or the Chinese Trojan horse. I forget who it was. Yeah, I think it's the Chinese who has that. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's just Trojan a way horse. into society. And what it's done is it's taken us another step further away from what God has 
laid out for our group or for our society. And, and one thing that, you know, when, when back in the day, nobody worked on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you if you did, you know, factories did and, and you know, fire, police, public safety, certain, certain groups of people always had to be there and always had or always worked. Well, now with the advent of speed of phones and everything else, no one's ever off work. You know, no one's truly, and Andrew and I had a great conversation about this. We spoke probably 30, 40 minutes the other night about it, and no one ever just slows down. No one ever is is off, you know, even from investment bankers to the the guy that works at Best Buy, you know, or the guy that works at Chick-fil-A. Somebody's always calling them saying, hey, can you, will you, may you, do you have time to, do you remember where? You know, all these little short, small questions we text, we we call and, and it just it we lose sight of of slowing down, being still, knowing that God is there. And actually, like you've said before, talking about hunting, you get to sit there and look and examine what are those what's that tangible evidence? If you don't slow down to look for the tangible evidence of what God's done for you, then you'll never, ever, ever see it. Mm-hmm. And it's not just going to show up when you're driving down the road, you know, it, it, much as you think, you know, we always say, oh man, we're late. And then all of a sudden you realize you're late and there's an accident that happened. And because you're late, you missed that accident or you weren't involved in it. You're like, well, that was God looking out for us. Well, okay. Uh, I could go with that, but if you were early, you'd have missed it too, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can't really use that, but, but look for those things. Look for that tangible evidence. Look. The sun came up today. I'm here, and I woke up this morning. To me, that's tangible evidence that God loves me enough that he's allowed that to happen, that he's allowed me to breathe his air, to live in his world, his environment. And that's, that's to me, that's a tangible evidence. Mm-hmm. So, he's there. Um, but anyways, that's a kind of roundabout. We that's it. got a lot of content off of two, two scriptures. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> or yeah. one or two. That's right. Well, we'll start back this this week. We're going to be looking mm-hmm. at um, more evidence. We'll be looking at Luke two one through seven, and what you got? I'm, in. I'm assuming since you're preaching Sunday, mm-hmm. and we're really close to that s- specific time of the year for certain messages, mm-hmm. that we're going to look further into the birth. Yep, we'll be doing the birth um, count and kind of looking more into into the life. And I'm going to preach something uh, on the candlelight service. Um, that that I've never preached before, um, which most of my messages are that way. I don't like repeating something, but well, as of right now, you yeah, feel as like of you're right now, I know where I'm that, going. Yeah, yeah, as of right I'm gonna now, talk but... about um, uh, you know who who wasn't prepared for for Christmas or who wasn't there when Christ came, that kind of stuff. I'm I'm still rolling around. I don't have a full yeah. title. I'd like people to go and and this is a challenge to myself and everyone else. It, it's this is a great time. If you if you want to really look for tangible evidence or if you want to look for something that you can wrap your head around, go look at all the other sources of Jesus' birth, mm-hmm. of, of his you know, initial life, and and go look at the things. Go look to see where the wise men came from. Go look and see that there's a there was a real king and he was really worried about Jesus being born to the point that he sent men to to kill firstborns and to to take care of that. 
go look for that evidence. Go out there and explore before we get in there. That way you don't walk into a service just blind as the, the message mm-hmm. and can actually have uh, relevant thinking and questions and write them down during the service and mm-hmm. you know email them to the pastor, email them to, to Dr. Brother Andrew, whatever we want to call him. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, he loves conversation and talking about it as well. And and um, a lot of great knowledge there and a lot of... A lot of uh, a lot of people that follow God up here. That's right. So that's it. Uh, come join us Sunday, and uh, don't forget to spend time with your family. Don't let the speed of Christmas ruin your your holidays, where you regret looking back, going, "Man, I wish we'd have done this, or I wish we would have done that." Um, and then another one's first and third in the Word. So that Sunday yep. night, that kind of I like when Kirk came up with that one that day. That yeah. we know that this Sunday night we'll be in the Word. We'll be. Uh, Looking, yeah. looking at some it'd scripture be, and seeing what's going be on. It'll be good. And um, be ready if you've got young kids. You know, get that get that family Bible spun up or whatever you need, and and keep the kids reminded of why we're celebrating Christmas and absolutely and what uh, Jesus has done for us. Not just the story, but the in depth uh, life of Jesus. That's so it. that's it for me, huh? All right, brother. We'll you pray got it anything? Out. I'm good. I think we'll we're good. The, the the all the information's followed on the the lead out. Or the trail out, the outro, and then uh, I guess you'll knock us out of prayer real quick. Yep. Father God, Lord, we thank you for the day. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord, he takes away all the sins. And so, Father, we thank you for him. We thank you for this personal, intimate relationship we have with you. And, Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, that we can investigate. Lord, we can see that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so, Father, help us to walk in our journey hand-in-hand with you. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. And thank you for joining us on the First Baptist Church Blanchard podcast today. Uh, Please follow us, like us, so you can be notified when the new episodes come out. If you have any comments or suggestions, leave those below. Also, if there's any way we could pray for you, please contact us. Let us know, 318-929-2346. Or also, you can catch us at www.fbcblanchard.com. Go to the contact page. You'll find all the info you need. Thank you again. We're praying for you. You have a blessed day.